Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Outrage Science Bites, the companion podcast to the Outrage Overload podcast. I'm David Beckmeyer, your host and Outrage Overlord. This is day 25 of the Na Pod Pomo Challenge, the National Podcast Post Month Challenge. That's a challenge to produce a podcast episode every day in the month of November. So this episode, I'm going to kind of return to talking about more sort of how some of these this, the, the outrage science that we've talked about shows up. And we talked about a little bit of this in some of the previous episodes, uh, but I want to drill down some more on this. And, you know, one of the things we often hear is that, or I often hear, is that, oh, so what you're talking about is this is the media. The media is the problem. And certainly the media is a big aspect of it. And we often think of, I've, I've often seen others sort of say that this, like this sort of outrage industry that I've talked about, kind of this outrage machine, is is all boils down to one thing, which attention equals money. And um, I don't think that's completely right. Um, particularly, they tend to tie it back to content so it's like it's always about content whether that's and that applies in the case of social media that applies in the case of television news that applies in the case of online news and other forms of media but this manipulation through outrage goes beyond media goes beyond content you're seeing this in as almost like a poisoning of the mind it can go all the way towards sort of cult-like Situations are trying to drive people into a cult-like thinking, but you might also just be driving them into highly partisan-type thinking, right? So, obviously, a campaign can win, um, and a, a particular candidate can win if they convince everyone or a lot of people that the other side is so terrible that they're some kind of an existential threat. They're awful, they're evil, and nothing they say can be trusted or anything else. And so you, you can't have this evil thing win, so vote for me. Um, and this is a technique we see. We've seen, this is not new, but it's particularly common now. It's really ramped up over the last uh, cu- couple of election cycles. And, you know, it's the same kind of manipulation. And it is it is about our attention. It's about, and it's about manipulating us into a state where it kind of shuts off our critical thinking. And this can be used to raise money for a campaign. It can be used to simply sort of talk a whole body of people into this idea that anybody wearing this color hat is so bad that we can't let that person sort of have a, a win. We can't let that person's person become uh, elected at some kind of an existential crisis. And so if that's if they're able to convince you know a large part of the large portion of the public that way in that kind of thinking, then it's much easier to run campaigns and to it's a, it creates a base that gives them something they can start with. Then they can focus on this sort of who's ever left, whoever hasn't fallen into that trap. And that's pretty much a description of our political landscape today, right? So there's a large portion of people and there's all kinds of different polling to indicate what percentage of people this is but there's a large large percentage of portion that simply believe the other side is effectively evil and so bad that they shouldn't ever win an election ever and not only shouldn't they win an election but it's you know it's like a moral indignation that they win and it's 
potentially an existential threat if they win. So, you know, and this discounts one of the primary aspects uh, that America was built on, and, and that's this idea of the loser's burden. So in our election system, in our democracy, in our democratic republic, the idea was that there'd be elections often enough that when you lose, you lose. It's not good. You're not happy about it. But you move on because there's going to be another election soon, and you can try again. So once we lose that kind of mentality, that losing is sort of existential, like everything's going to end if, if I lose or everything's going to end if the other person wins, then that defeats a major part of the American system and it creates a very dangerous situation. And that's somewhat the state that we're in. Um, and so when we talk about this outrage engine and all the players that benefit from it, certainly the media is a factor, for sure, because the media also many times amplifies these same kinds of messages to create this kind of division. But they're not the only sort of bad guy in this game, right? I mean, there's a much larger... And it's not all about just clicks and likes and shares and views. That's part of it. That's a lot of the monetary incentive for many of the players. But that's not all of it. There's also the idea to fundamentally change the way people look at the world. And I, I kind of wanted to get that message out there. So I, I think it's an easy scapegoat to say that the media is the problem and that's the only problem. Now, certainly since they're carrying the water for a lot of this kind of messaging, it is a is a problem but again it's not the only problem and we have to become more diligent in uh, realizing and more aware that we're being manipulated and not always to our advantage um, and if and if they can get us to think the other side is evil all the time and mad at the other side so much then we're simply not engaging we're not actually being a, a good citizen in the American experiment because now we've just gone down this path where I'm always going to vote this certain way and I don't really care very much about issues or, or anything else. I'm just going to be mad at the other side and I'm going to vote this certain way. So we want to push back on that kind of behavior even when it's coming from our own side. Even though we, we sort of agree with this message and it feels pretty good to keep being told the other side is evil, that makes us feel better about the decision we made to pick the side that we're on. So we kind of like that messaging. But in the big picture, it's not good for us as individuals because we're mad all the time. We don't really get what we want. We, we get, end up in the situation now where we don't see a lot of activity. Once people do win elections, they tend to not do very much. We don't see much um, progress made or any kind of legislation being done. It's all about, or it's certainly a large part of it is about grandstanding and just cheering on your side and cheering against the other side even after they won the election. And that's not a way to get anything done. So it doesn't help our own interests, doesn't serve our own interests, and it certainly doesn't serve the interests of the country. And so be a better citizen and become aware that you're manipulated, just like I'm being manipulated, and push back against that. Tell your representative or your candidate that I'm not going to give you $5 if all you ever do is tell me how terrible the other side is. I want to see something beyond that. I want to see your track record. I want to see your voting record. I want to see what your plans are. Don't just tell me the other side is really bad and I should be very, very afraid of them. Tell me something about what you're going to do. And, and, and even more, if you act that way, maybe I won't give you money or my vote. 
So we have a place, we have a role in lowering this temperature because the reason they do it today is because it works, because we respond to it and they win because we fall into that thinking and we do what they're intending us to do and it makes their life easier without actually ever having to perform their job, their, their supposed job to represent us in a representative uh, democratic republic. So this one was, I'll keep this one short again, and um, this, was, this one I was just winging it, but it's a, and I'll probably come back to this kind of topic again, but uh, anyway, well, I'll end it there, and if you like these episodes, you may like the long-form Outrage Overload podcast where I talk to scientists, researchers, authors, practitioners, and others kind of in this space. And we know we, we learn a lot from real scientists and those experts rather than just me kind of prattling on. And um, a lot of these topics that we have talked about on these Science Bites do come up and you hear from real experts about them. And you can find that at outrageoverload.net. That's outrageoverload.net. And if you have any questions or thoughts on these episodes or things you'd like to see in these waning days of this 30-day challenge, you can always email me at outrageoverload at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and watch for another episode tomorrow.